I'm Cece, and this is Spela Golf. Hi. Hi. How have you been? I've been good. Well, I've been hot. <laughs> I know. It was 115 yesterday. I think it was even like 118. 118. Yesterday. I know when I got in my car after teaching Hamilton, it literally showed 119. Oh, it's a sauna. It's I have so to hot. like drive past my car just to remote start it a little bit here and there so that I won't like pass out when I get in it. It's crazy hot. But I do believe that, well, I want to believe that we're coming to the end of this summer. It's just <laughs> been long, but I know I say it every year. It's like June is fine. And I'm like, oh, it's not that hot. It's okay. First two weeks of July, I'm like, yeah, I'm still good. August, I'm like, ugh. And it's, it's usually crazy. not this hot in August. Like, See, I don't remember anything. No, 118, because when I did high school golf started back up. And when I did high school golf, it would be 105 would be like the max for August. But this year, yeah. I mean, being 118. I feel really bad for my girls and boys playing in their high school tournaments because they have to walk and it's at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. And I think, I don't know if it's super healthy for them to be out there, but that's just my opinion. No, I agree. It's so hot. Yeah. I was talking to one of my girls yesterday that I teach and she's like, we should just do this in the spring. And I'm like, you know what? I kind of agree with you. <laughs> it should become a spring spring sport. Um, but then we have the issue with like sunset early. So I guess that's why they're doing it because the sunset is not until what, 7, 7.30 right now. It's yeah. pretty late. So they have a lot of time, but still it's, yeah. It's toasty. We still love Arizona though. I know. We I complain about it. I know. <laughs> I know. We complain about it, but we do love it. Because like nine or eight, nine, ten months out of the year, it's perfect. It's just can't get that in know, Sweden. The summertime. Yeah, because Sweden doesn't you just freeze most of the year. Yeah, pretty much my whole life I've been freezing. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but it gets dark. So like when I went to high school, it was dark by the time I left my house and it was dark when I got home because the sun sets at like three, three thirty in the afternoon. So the days are just super long and it sounds cozy. Like, oh, I can like light some candles and cozy lighting. Like, yes, for like a month or two. And then you're like, okay, I'm over it. <laughs> so anyways, how about you? Tell Good. me about your little adventure. <laughs> so last week was the member guest tournament at Torreon. It was super fun. Played with my partner, Valerie. And we got first place in our flight and second place overall. Whoop, whoop. Day one was individual best ball. We both played our own ball and would pick the best score between the two of us. And I was, I was, I was a little hard on her. Like I was in situations where I didn't hit the green and she needed to make a forefoot to save her par. And I flat out was like, you better make that putt. <laughs> Well, if you know us by now, you like, know that we're pretty straightforward. And sometimes I think too when I teach, because in a jokingly way, I'm very like aggressive and very bossy. <laughs> and sometimes I wonder like if anyone would listen to my lessons, they'll be like, oh my gosh, I need to take my kid out of lessons. Like she's so brutal. <laughs> but like, hey, honesty, you know? I know. So I'll say I got it from you. But I was like, we saved four pars because I'm like, you have to make this putt for us to stay at the top. And so we were at second place um, after day one. And then day two was alternate shot. Well, okay, it's called something else. It's not, oh, Chapman. 
So we both would hit our tee shots and then I would go hit her tee shot. She would hit mine and then we would pick from there what ball was better and do alternate shot. Oh, that's until a good it goes one. in the hole. And so we shot an 81. We had some three putts. Oh, but it was okay. Like we were happy. We had some saves and stuff. And so overall, the getting first place in the fight was awesome. And so it was super fun. That's so I really awesome. liked it. And so speaking of flights and net and gross, that kind of goes on today's topic. I felt I wanted to talk about handicaps. Okay. And just kind of in a simplified version because we cover a lot in rules and stuff and I feel like handicaps is a big part in golf. Yes, I agree. I I think handicap is something that everyone should have because when you go out and play, golf is a sport where you're never really going to remember where you started. So when they come for lessons to me, for example, and they whiff the ball five times and then a month from now, they can actually hit the golf ball, but then they're like, Oh, but now I want to hit it further. Now I want to hit it straighter. Now I want to do this. So there's always something that you want more in golf. So the easiest way to track if you're making progress is having a handicap. It can be a little complicated. So our goal today is to just simplify what is a handicap? Why do you need it? Or why do we think that you need it? And how do you track it? So handicaps in general, the highest handicap that you can have is 54. Mm -hmm. And the most simple way of describing or explaining what that means is usually a course is a par 72. That's average. Um, That means that you are putting together 18 holes and there's three different pars usually. So there's a par three, there's a par four, and there's a par five. All those pars adds up to 72. So usually there's like four par threes, four par fives, and the rest is par fours. And that adds up to 72. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So if you are a zero handicap, you get no help. You are supposed to shoot the score par of 72. Yeah. That is your goal because you get no help. So to think about it a little more simplified is on a par three, you are supposed to get there in one and two putt. On a par four, you're supposed to get there in two and two putt. And on a par five, you're supposed to get there in three and two putt. So a par three is the shortest. Par four is a little further because you need two shots to get there if you are a handicap zero. And a par five is a long one. So you need three shots to get there and then two putt. So that's how the golf course is designed. So keep that in mind because I always tell my students that our goal is to two putt every hole. If you can two putt every hole, now you can use the extra strokes that you have in your handicap to get from the tee box to the green. So this is the easiest way to improve your golf game and your score and your handicap. So with that said, if you are a zero handicap, you are supposed to shoot 72. If you are a 54 handicap, all you do is 72 plus 54, and that is your score, 126. So if you can score 126 on a regular par 72 course, you have a handicap of 54. Does that make sense? Yes. Makes sense a lot. So 
Now, to get a lower handicap, you just have to shoot less than 126. Mm-hmm. So to take a an example, if you are a handicap 18, what would be the score of a par 72 course? What would you do? 72 plus 18. Mm, yeah. Which equals 90. 90. So if you shoot 90, that means that you are probably around a handicap of 18. Mm-hmm. Which is a good goal. Like it's really that's having a golf. low handicap. That's bogey golf. And that's really good because I think I saw the average. Um, I'll need to Google it. I should Google it. But um, for men and women, um, you can Google it right now. The average for handicap, I think, is a 27 or something mm-hmm. for something like both or in the 20s or whatever. So having an 18 handicap is really good. Well, and it also comes down to the tee boxes. So there's another thing that we need to factor in to our um, handicap, and it's called slope rating. So the slope rating is just the difficulty of the course and how it's expressed. And that's slope rating. With each set of tees at a course having their own rating. So I want you to think of a slope rating. I cannot um, give you a reason for these numbers, but the slope rating ranges from 55 to 155. The higher the rating, the harder the course. Okay. So 113 is considered to be the norm and the average slope rating. So if it's a 72, and it's a slope rating of 113, and you shoot bogey golf, then you are a handicap 18. Now, if that slope rating is Torreon, for example, is a private hard course, right? Their slope rating is higher, which means if you are a handicap 18, but the slope rating is higher, you're probably getting more than 18 strokes to help you. Correct. If you go to Bear Creek, where we work, the slope rating is a little lower, which means that you are probably getting less than 18 strokes to help you. Yes. Or even the same, right? Could some, it maybe stays the same. No, because if it's, well, yeah, but if it's less than 113, then you just get those strokes taken away. Yes. Because that's the average. So if the slope rating at Bear Creek, I don't know what it is, but if the slope rating is 55 at Bear Creek, you're not getting 18 extra shots because it's an easier course. So every course is pretty much like judged <laughs> by its slope rating mm-hmm. and depending on the tee box that you play from. So there's four different tee boxes. You have to make sure, okay, because you can make Bear Creek harder by backing up and making it longer. So that means you might get some of those helping strokes back. Does that make sense? Yes. And then as you play, that's how you can kind of see, okay, if I have less than 18 strokes, how do I know where to use them? So every hole is also rated one through 18. So number one, you're going to see on the scorecard, it says tee box, distance, par, And then I think it says handicap on there. So handicap one through 18. So 18 holes. One is the hardest hole on the golf course. 18 is the easiest hole on the golf course. Whoever made that up, right? Whoever judged the course (laughs) or rated the course and was like, okay, this is the easiest hole. So this is going to be 
handicap 18. So if you have 18 extra strokes to help you, that means you get one shot per hole to help you. But what if you only have 16 shots to help you? Then two of those holes, you get zero strokes. You get no help. But what two holes do you not get any strokes on? Holes 17 and 18. Opposite. Oh, one and two. Oh, wait. So one... Oh, yeah, you're right. No, I'm sorry. 17 yes. and 18, because so, those are the easiest. Those are the easiest, correct. So those are the easiest holes, and you're not getting any help on those. Now, it would be opposite. I was thinking if you get 20 strokes, right, then you get two extra. So on handicaps one and two, you actually get two strokes to yes. help you. If you are a 36 handicap, you're getting two strokes on every hole. Correct. And you might be above. You might be getting three strokes if you're even above 54. Yes. That's And when we define extra strokes, so an example would be, okay, if it's a par four and I got a triple bogey and I get two strokes, then that's a bogey. You're taking away two strokes every time or might be one. Oh, I got a bogey, but it's a par because I had an extra stroke. And this type which is net, basically defining gross and net. So, because this kind of goes into effects in tournaments that I play in. Mm -hmm. So, gross is your actual score. So, if I get a bogey on a par four, that's a five. Mm -hmm. Now, if I get a stroke, though, to to help me, then that's a four. Correct. And so, that's what the format was for this tournament was there was best ball and they have net and gross. And that's what they usually do tournaments. They have net and gross winners. Yes. And especially to what's nice about the tournaments that I play in, and they probably do this all over, I think even in the AGA and probably different golf associations is we had, I think we had a hundred ladies come and play in this one and we had five flights. So, for example, I am a six handicap, and so the lowest in our flight was a five. So I'm pretty sure it was a five, and the highest was a 14 handicap in flight one. Mm -hmm. And then we kept going, okay, you're a 15 to a 21, and then 21 to a 27. It's like age groups, but handicaps. Yes, exactly. And that's what makes tournaments so fun to play in because you can be a 36 handicap in the last flight. But it doesn't really matter because you're getting two strokes on every hole. Yes. So that's what makes playing in these league, um, in any league or anything, they always have net. And that's what makes it so helpful having yeah. what the USGA created with having the net like way to do it. I agree because it brings a lot more people because at the end of the day, golf is you're competing against yourself. So if you're a handicap 18, you're trying to be a 17 and then you're trying to be a 16 and the end goal, obviously it's endless, but the way that it works too, just as a side note, so you start at 54. So you are technically a minus 54 because you're trying to get down to zero. So if you do better, right, you subtract from 54 going down. When you hit zero, you can actually go into the plus. Yes, I noticed that. Yes. Yeah. So there is, you are technically a minus whatever handicap until you get to zero and then you start going plus. So now you have to make birdies on these holes, right? So I have a kid that I teach and he's applying for college and on his applications, we have to make sure that we put plus two because he always scores below par. So he gets no help. He's actually taken away help. <laughs> 
if that makes sense. Yes. So keep that in mind. You are a minus until you get to zero because we're always trying to get lower and then you become plus after you hit zero. Yeah. So if I constantly shoot a 69 on a par 72, that means I'm now a plus handicap because I shoot better. I beat the I beat the course. Got it. Interesting. Yeah, that's the goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and that makes a lot more sense too. Um, with there's a wide range of handicaps. But what's what's interesting is I didn't know this. When you become a professional golfer, they don't really have ha- I mean, they have handicaps. I mean, you could Google John Robbins probably as a handicap, but they don't use it in tournaments. No. Even in high school, college. Handicaps are not really a part for not that if level. you're making money or playing collegiate golf or high school golf or even tournament like US Kids and JJAA, like those sort of tournaments, it's all um it's all just based on scores. It's more in those tournaments for kids, it's um, age. So if you play individual tournaments as a kid, it's age-based, but there's no handicaps. If you play high school and college golf, um, it's none. It's just scores. So you play five and then you pick the four best scores and you place as a team and you place as an individual. Um, but yeah, no handicaps in that at all. Interesting. And as we're talking about handicaps, I'm curious in Sweden, did they have anything with handicaps? Like what? I don't know. Back when you did junior high school, I don't know. In Sweden, do they have handicaps? Like how does it work? So we actually have a full circle here (laughs) because when I grew up, um, same thing there. When you play in tournaments, there's no handicap only if it's like club championship and all that stuff, like what you were talking about, gross and net. So in Sweden, you actually need a green card to even be able to play golf. Um, You have to, it's almost like a driver's license test. So you have to pass a written test and then you have to pass a playing ability test. Oh my gosh. Um, It's just to learn the rules, like how to take care of the course. Um, You have to learn, yeah, like the, the rules on the course before you go out and play, which I can kind of appreciate that. I don't think it would be successful here in the U.S. because it's all about money and it's all about people going out to play. Um, but in Sweden, every pretty much every course when I grew up was here, you would say it was privately owned because you would need a membership. And so to become a member of that course, you needed to have like an ID number, which was your green card number um, to be able to go and play. Um, so you would need to take tests and then a playing ability test and it's it's not hard. It's just like from 150 meters, I don't know, whatever score you need or you, I, I don't know. Um, but here, it's it's just way different. You mean, I feel like we're lazy Americans. Oh, yeah. No, I just I, think that the world has become all about money. And it's like, well, if like not a lot of people are going to play, if they need a green card or if they need a, a license, like a golf license to be able to play, not a lot of kids would play. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it takes away a lot of access. And do they still do that in Sweden? Do they still do the green card? Well, the I don't know. I'm going to have to look into that. This is yeah. so long ago. This is like psh, 25 years ago. 
I can say two <laughs> decades now. Ouch. Um, but so that was different. But the funny part was just that it's called green card. And here I am. I got a green card for getting married. <laughs> so I was like, I oh, know. I got two I green know. cards. When you told me green card, I was like, isn't that for what you needed to get married? Yeah. <laughs> green <right>? card. <laughs> but it's the same. I mean, to become a, a PGA instructor like I am. It was the same thing. You need a written test. It's it's a lot that goes into that. We can talk about that in a different episode. But there's a playing ability test and you have to pass that to even become a part of the PGA to even to even go ahead and go through their education. You need to pass a PAT, so playing ability test. And I think for women it's like don't quote me, but maybe 79 79 and for men it's like 77 76 or something like that. Um, depending on the course rating and you know all that stuff um, but I want to say yeah don't quote me but yeah it's the same thing you need to be not great at golf but you need to be able to play golf to be a part of the PGA yeah so. and something interesting is what I said a little bit ago I was curious about what the average handicap index is so it says the average handicap index for men is 14.2 and for women it is 27.5 mm-hmm so that's interesting. That's like a good average to see. And that's, I think, a golf handicap. And I think what I like about golf handicap is, for example, if I'm ever doing a competition with someone else, a 36 handicap. I mean, they're literally getting two. So I got to better get some birdies on my scorecard if it's a competition because it actually makes it hard for mm-hmm. me, a low handicap, to sometimes beat a 36 well, At not times, really, because that's their playing ability. Yeah. So if you you say that you're a six handicap, right? So if you're playing someone with uh, a 12 handicap, you have to give that person six strokes if it's a match play, right? So on the what the hardest six holes, then you have to... No. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Then you have to give that person six strokes, but you're better than that person right? You you have more skill than that person. And that's not rude. That's not disrespectful. It's like, you're better because you have a lower handicap. I'm better than you because I'm a zero. So if you and I were going to go out and play, I would need to give you six strokes. But that's because I'm better than you are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You know, yeah. like when yeah. you become a scratch golfer, like I am, then we're competing against each other on the same level, but you're not there yet. And so it's, I think it would be weird if you and I go out and play and we know that I shoot on average six strokes better than you and I I wouldn't have to give you any strokes then you would lose every time or you would be put in a position when you're like well I have no chance because oh I see your point yeah Yeah. I see that so I don't think that's weird I think that makes sense yeah and that's why we have handicaps now there's a lot of cheaters out there. Yeah, I was gonna bring that up. I'm like, sometimes they're oh, I want extra stroke, so I'm not really gonna play. Cause there's a rule in the USGA. If you don't play to your handicap, if you lie about your handicap, like, oh, I'm a 20, but I'm really a 12. Like yeah. that's a big difference. And so it there's is. a USGA rule about that. Yeah. And so to get a handicap. Um, if you are interested, which you should be, you should be interested in getting a handicap. Um, you can get one through the USGA. Um, so it's just like the United States Golfer Association.com, I believe. Um, you go online there. I want to say it's like 30 or $40 a year yeah. to establish a handicap. Mm-hmm. So you take 10 rounds. So just go out and play 10 rounds 
and it's an app. Um, so you take 10 rounds, you average that out and it will tell you what your handicap is. And then if you continue using that app and just put in your rounds, it will average out what your handicap is. So you don't have to know all the numbers. You don't need to know any of that because you just go in the app and you find the course that you play and you put in the score, what you shot. And it already has the slopings, the readings and this and that and da, da, da. And so it will do everything for you. But to understand it a little better and just to know like what you need to kind of accomplish when you're out there. And that's why I brought up of like planning out your shots. Because if you can two putt every, let's say you have 18 extra shots to, to help you. So you get one shot per hole to help you. So on a par four, if you have three shots from the tee box to the green and then you two putt, that's how you're making your bogey. Now, imagine if you have on a par four, you have three shots to get there, but then you three putt. Now you're one over your handicap. So putting is super important. It will help you, definitely help you lower your scores and your handicap if you can constantly keep it to a two putt. And imagine on 18 holes, if you have 18 three putts, 18 extra strokes, <laughs> that's a lot of extra strokes. Yeah. But if that's your goal, like if you're three or four putting right now, I think your goal should just be to lower your putts because that has nothing to do with strength or swing or it's such a small movement. So all it is, is just practice to figure out how fast the greens are, you know, like how to read them. And we have the best tool for that. We use aim point, So we use our feet to feel it. You know, that that's a lot of information. But honestly, it's on a par four. If you hit three seven irons in a row, you'll get there in three. But when you start missing it, oh, I hit my driver out of bounds. And then I had to drop it. And that's how we gather all those extra shots. So my biggest advice to lower your handicap is to play smart, split it up into three or four parts from the tee box on a par three. All I have to do, I literally can shoot five. I have five strokes, right? Five strokes. If I'm a handicap 36 on a par three, if I get there in three, it's only a hundred yards. So all you need to do is hit 33 yards per shot to get there in three. Yeah. That makes sense. Think about that. Mm -hmm. And something about handicaps um, and about how we're talking about joining a league. There are so many for the Arizona Golf Association. The first league I joined was at Las Colinas Golf Club. It, it's public. It's ladies league. Like ever, I'm pretty sure every club, public, private, you can join a league. And sometimes even to establish a handicap, I was a part of the ping, just literally the ping the brand like they just had a handicap for that like you can just sign up anywhere to establish a handicap yes. so no i think it would be super helpful for anyone that's trying to improve in the game of golf because as i said in the beginning that's literally black on white to see if you're improving now we talked about this before but keeping your stats all right so now i have a handicap i so if i'm a handicap what did we say 54 what like how many extra strokes is that per hole right so if i get 54 extra shots over the course of 18 i have three extra shots per hole that i can use so planning it out 
this going to help you? But then you're not like, all right, I actually, on one of the holes, I only had two extra shots. Here we are. You just lowered your handicap. So, yeah. Interesting. So I feel like hopefully that's a simplified version about handicaps. And we'll always tie in handicaps, but I think getting one just makes the golf game a little bit more enjoyable, especially when you are allowed if for, I think it's called double, like there's a max on a hole that you can pick up your golf ball. Like, and it depends on your handicap. But for me, if I'm a six handicap, I think if I'm already at a triple or something, you can just pick it up. Like, or if you're a 10 handicap, there's like a chart, but like there's called net double bogey max. Like Mm. that's something too, where you can just pick up your golf ball if I'm at my max. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, And we usually do that for like our low junior tournaments that we run just for pace of play making it a little more enjoyable <laughs> like you don't you don't have to shoot a 13 because it doesn't make sense <laughs> so just pick it up move to the next one and try again and hopefully you kept your stat knowing why that became a 13 but also keeping in mind every course is different so if you play Bear Creek and then you go to Torreon, those are two completely different courses. So working in your handicap instead of comparing, you know, different difficulties of courses to each other. Like, well, I shot a 65 at Bear Creek, but I can't break 70 at Torreon. That's because the slope ratings are different. So keep that in mind. All courses are different. They all have a different slope rating. So look at that before you get annoyed, irritated, and you never want to come back and play golf again. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hopefully that helps. Um, Let us know if you guys have any questions. I hope you guys will have a good week. I'll see you guys at the golf course. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would love for you to share the podcast. 